from Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 474 for August 28th, 2023. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Hi, Mike Hurley. And we have a special guest today, Stephen Hackett. Hi, Stephen Hackett. Hello, boys. That explains the This episode (laughs) is brought to you by Fitbod and Ladder. We'll talk about those a little later on in the show. I have a Snell and Hackett talk question to begin this week's episode, and it came from me because I didn't ask anyone to give a specific (laughs) question for the two of you. And so my question is to both of you, what is your favorite planet that isn't Earth and why? Snell and Hackett sounds like a, like a company that would make like hammers. Yep. <laughs> I know what Jason's is, I think. I don't know if you do. All right, well, that might be more fun, actually. Why don't we do it that way, Stephen? What's Jason's <laughs> favorite planet? I'm going gonna, gonna to say I think Venus is probably high on Jason's list. Okay, why? Because he wants to take a blimp there. And <laughs> I want to send okay. a balloon to Venus. Well, that, <laughs> that, that is true. I'm, uh, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to say Saturn, though. I'm going Saturn instead. That's good. Is your favorite, Jason? Yeah, that's my favorite. Why? What, is, what do I think Stephen's favorite is? Is Mars. Okay. I think I think Mars is uh, in my top two or three. Yeah. Oh, okay. For sure. Okay. Well, that was fun. Good work. Great work, everybody. Was it? it was fine. What was if your you favorite like... planet, Stephen? Stephen, did you say what your favorite planet is? Uh, mm, what is my favorite planet? You know, Saturn came to mind. I think it's beautiful oh. and obviously... Uh, Unlike anything we have in our solar system. And it's got some good moons. Good moons. There's a, and, a, and a lot of moons. They just keep popping up out there. When choosing a favorite planet, choose uh, also based on the neighborhood, right? It's location, location, location yes. when it comes to planets. Absolutely. If you would like to send in a regular Snell Talk question for a future episode, go to UpgradeFeedback.com and you can do that. Now, Stephen's here for a very special reason today, which we're going to get to. Uh, in a little bit, but there's a maybe even more special reason why it's good to have Stephen on this week's episode is because we are uh, we're starting the St. Jude campaign, Relay FM for St. Jude, because September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Once again, for the fifth year in a row, the Relay FM community is coming together to support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. St. Jude won't stop their life-saving work until no child dies from cancer. And with your support, we'll be one step closer to that day, one cure closer, one child closer. Now, let me tell you a little bit about what St. Jude is all about. Around the world, an estimated 400,000 children are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. And even more tragically, in many lower middle to income countries, four out of five children will not survive, largely due to the lack of access to quality care. And St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and all of us at Relay FM want to change that. Curing childhood cancer is a tremendous undertaking, and St. Jude needs our support. The generosity of donors around the world, including you, support cutting-edge research, saves lives, and ensures families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital won't stop until no child dies from cancer, no matter where they live, but they can't do that without your help. Stephen, can you talk a little bit about why St. Jude is important to you? Yeah, absolutely. In 2009, my wife and I's uh, oldest son was diagnosed with brain cancer. He was just six months old. He went to a well baby checkup, and they had some concerns, and within... 72 hours we were having surgery and being introduced into the world of St. Jude. And my wife tells this story, so I'll give her credit for it. But when we were, we were at our local children's hospital and we were going to be admitted to St. Jude and we were like running around trying to figure out, you know, what to do and what they needed. 
And we got a call from St. Jude and they said like, don't worry about us. Like we have all the information we need about you. You know, we're talking with your healthcare team now. We're going to get you moved over to St. Jude. And from that very first phone call until today, you know, all these years later, they do everything in their power to take care of these families. Of course, they are doing it with the the best treatment and the best research on the planet. But because of fundraisers like the amazing Relay FM community and really the the broader Apple community now at this point, uh, being involved in this fundraiser each year, it means that food and housing and all those things were also taken care of for us. Now, we're a local Memphis family. St. Jude has been in my backyard my whole life. I honestly didn't know how special it was until we needed it. And that's one reason we do this campaign is so other people can know how special it is and get on board with this life-saving mission because it's work that that is so important. I mean, those numbers you rattled off, Mike, like the the thought that came through my mind is like, those numbers are unacceptable to me. Uh, it's unacceptable that so many children not only receive a cancer diagnosis, but so many kids don't survive it. We're really fortunate through the work of St. Jude that our son is still with us. And I am thankful for that every single day, but that should be true for every kid and every family. And that's only possible by furthering their work. So over the course of our campaigns, uh, we've raised $2.2 million for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And we want your help again this year because we want to surpass $2.5 million and we want you to help us get there. We can do this together. We're so incredibly grateful for the generosity of everyone in the community over the last five years. um, And we want to ask for your support again. And we're going to give some thanks to you if you do. So if you do uh, donate an individual gift of $60 or more, you'll receive a digital bundle of Relay FM wallpapers and screensavers. Last year, our screensaver sent shockwaves through the community. It was really amazing, made by the wonderful <laughs> James Thompson. Uh, James has done it again. He's back at it again. He's back mm-hmm. at it like a bad habit, and he's made a new one, so don't miss out. Uh, if you donate an individual gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive a 2023 sticker pack featuring all new designs which are in the Mike versus Steven design palette, which we'll talk about a little bit later, I think, as to why that Mm. is a thing this year. Uh, When you donate, when you make your donation, we have a new thing this year uh, to help with employee matching. So if you click the blue button, this is search employer. When you are on the donation summary page, you can check to see if your employer offers a matching gift program. If they do, you'll get an email after you make your donation with details on how to have their match credited to our campaign total. If you work for a big company or a medium company or any company at all, please check this out when you donate because you could double your donation. If you want to get more hands-on, you can start your own fundraising campaign to help us reach our goals while earning exclusive merchandise. So you can sign up over at stjude.org slash relay. There's a bunch of information there too. And you can create your own fundraiser. You can share this with your friends, your family, people in your community. Maybe you're a content creator of your own. Fundraisers who raise at least $1 will receive a 2023 face-off edition of the Relay FM for St. Jude Challenge coin. Uh, fundraisers who raise $250 or more will receive this year's incredible desk mat design. And new for this year, the top 50 fundraisers at the end of the campaign will receive a limited edition Relay FM for St. Jude tote bag, which is super fancy in an all-weather material with a laptop sleeve, may have a surprise or two inside. Please go right now to stjude.org slash relay to donate and to find out more about fundraising. That is stjude.org slash relay to learn more and donate today. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. With your support, we'll be one step closer to that day. One cure closer, 
one child closer, this month and every month. Let's cure childhood cancer together. Closer. Closer. Together. Closer. Uh, Podcast-a-thon's coming back too. Steven, mm-hmm. when's the podcast-a-thon? Yes. Podcast-a-thon is Friday, September 22nd. Bow, bow, bow. And- Sorry, I, that was exciting. We had to do some air horns there. That's good. It's going to be 12 noon Eastern and run all the way through midnight. 12 what? hours. And we have a couple of very special guest hosts who will be joining us. Yep. One of them is on this show. Yes, it's true. I'll be, I'm coming yes. to Memphis, boys. You can't keep yes. me away. Because this year we need adjudicators. Because the uh, oh, theme boy. of the podcastathon this year is Mike versus Stephen. Throughout the month, there's going to be points. There's going to be points flying all over the place to crown one true winning co-founder at the end of the campaign. Mm-hmm. There's going to be games and shenanigans the whole way through. Jason, I haven't spoken to you about this yet, but I'm wondering if the draft this year could fill into the point scoring. You may be able to to, to fight on behalf of Steven. So That's the points from the draft might become yeah. points for the campaign this year. Jason could be my champion, you know? He could mm. be. He could be your tribute. Jason could be yeah. a tribute. Uh, so there's going to be loads of games throughout the month. <laughs> Don't like we'll be that. talking mm-hmm. more about that. But if you see the artwork and you're like, why are Stephen and Mike fighting? Well, it's because this year, Stephen and Mike are fighting. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> why do daddies fight? For charity. For the children. For the children. For the kids, yep. Stjude.org slash relay to donate now. Find out more. We're going to be talking about this throughout the month. Thank you so much if you take part. Thank you. So there's another reason why Stephen's here today. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on Connected, I asked Stephen to audit my Macintosh, both hardware, mm-hmm. software, and the way that I use it. Jason, you wanted to be audited too, correct? Yeah, I did. I thought that was a really good idea. And we were talking about there were some scheduling issues and it was possible that you weren't going to be on this episode. And I thought, well, we could get Stephen on. And then I thought, oh, you know, Stephen could do that thing where he, was, he puts on his, you know, we, Mike, we know Stephen as the genial uh connected co-host or mm-hmm. maybe a friendly uh co-host of many departed podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> here at Real oh. FM. But he has <laughs> another hat that he wears and it's the Mac Power Users hat. Yes. And mm. I, I I could hear the shifting of gears on that connected episode where Stephen, you know, took off the Japes hat and put on the serious Mac Power Users hat and analyzed your Mac usage. And I said, you know what? I kind of want to See that Stephen, and so the the idea that on August twenty eighth we could we could have Stephen on, I thought that would be a good use of the brain power of Stephen Hackett on upgrade. So audit me, man. Let's do it. <laughs> audit me. Audit him, Daddy. I didn't say that. I very specifically <laughs> steered away from that, Mike. Oh, it's I for the kids. It. It's all were. for the kids. Uh-huh. I guess all for the kids. So. In the show notes, there's a picture of your setup. There's a picture of your dock and your, me- and your menu bar. We will get to all of that. Yep. So, Jason, I know listeners of Upgrade will be familiar with your setup, but I believe you're using a Mac Studio mounted under the desk. Under the desk. That's right. The right place for a Mac Studio. Especially honestly. the M1, because it means you can't hear the fans. <laughs> yeah. I I still want to know what happened with that computer. Like, what? <laughs> why is it yeah. so loud? You got a studio display floating on an arm. You, I know you got a MacBook Air floating around there. Um, 
tell me a little bit about why the Mac Studio and what, and in particular, like why you're such a fan of the floating display lifestyle because your iMac hung in the air too, didn't it? Yes, on the same arm. Um, the floating display. I I was just get frustrated by the uh, by that foot on the desk. I feel like I you can't put stuff behind it because the computer's in the way. And I like the idea that like I I I don't know. I bought the whole desktop, so I want to use it. I pay, I paid for this whole <laughs> desk. Why would I only use some of it? Uh, and so I I just like having it suspended. I can push it out of the way. If I'm doing a video, I can push it back further. I can make it go up higher. I can actually, uh, if I'm cleaning the desk or I'm doing something that doesn't involve the computer, I can push it all the way back and kind of like off to the edge of the desk, uh, adjust it up and down um, and and put stuff underneath it. I mean, honestly, that's like the number one reason is that I can I can have access to whatever is sitting underneath it. And I, I mean, I would do fine, I guess, with a... Okay, the other thing is the iMac wasn't adjustable in terms of height, right? And mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a sit stand adjustable desk, and I did I did not want to be one of those people. Sorry to those people who have like their iMac sitting on a dictionary or something. Oh yeah, I was that person for years. <laughs> yeah, right. I just I don't like it. So I wanted to be adjustable. It is true I could have probably bought this studio display with the adjustable stand and done that. But the fact is I already have a Vesa arm, and it was several hundred dollars cheaper to just buy the Vesa mount version of the uh of the display and put it on that same arm so that's what i did um so you know it's one of those things that i think it came out of partially just wanting access to my whole desk and having the flexibility to move it around and then partially that um back in the day when i was just using an imac the imacs were only tilt adjustable and not height adjustable which is uh, crappy especially if you're in a sit-stand desk because the angles are different when you're standing than when you're sitting sure I feel like you're setting me up for something here, but I know you're not. Yeah. You're here to help, right? You, you've taken, you do no harm, right? Well, I did, I'm not a doctor. I'm an auditor. Okay. You know, different vows we take. So, All right. You know, okay. Different vows. Audit no harm, right? <laughs> <laughs> one uh, one thing you said, you, you like having the space at your desk. You bought all the desk. You want to be able to use all the desk. <laughs> That's a very boomery thing to say. But uh, you got a lot not of stuff boomer. on your desk. Not a boomer, got, but yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. Uh, no one remembers Gen X anyways. It's fine. You got a lot of boxes True. of stuff here, you know. There's no boxes. What are the boxes? A little, you got a baseball. I got little wood trays with stuff in them. It's true. I got a brain ball. I got a baseball. I got some field notes. I got a pen holder with pens in it. I got mm-hmm. a weird Android e-reader that I'm supposed to write an article about at some point, but I need to use <laughs> it more. It's dead in this photo I'm looking at, it by the way. It is dead. It is. It needs to be charged. It, it absolutely <laughs> needs to be charged. Yeah, there's stuff on that. See? See, that's me using the desk. Using all the desk. Because, Stephen, if, if I... If I, <laughs> I don't see the point in having the desk be completely empty and never have stuff on it, right? Then I might as well just have a foot of an iMac or a monitor on my desk, right? Because there's nothing on it. But I I put, I put do put stuff on my desk. I don't leave big stuff piled all over my desk. I try not to do that. But there's stuff around. I think you have more input devices than any one person I've ever seen, other than David Sparks, who has 15 street <laughs> oh. decks. It's not even it's not even close to David Sparks. Yeah, I've got so you can see I've got my microphone. That's an input device, sort of, right? Uh, I've got a a keyboard. It's the keyboard Mike made for me, the Keychron Q1. 
Uh, I've got the Magic Trackpad. I've got uh, one of the regular size Stream Decks, and then I've got the uh, disassembled Touch ID button from an Apple keyboard in a 3D printed case. That's my touch, my standalone Touch ID that I made by destroying a keyboard. I broke my one of those. I don't know how I did oh. it, but I broke it. So like, mm. I I can't seem to get it to work again. So. I might have to look at doing that again sometime in the future, but it's all broken. It's tragic. And you have a wrist rest there, Jason? I do. Mm, okay. Little gushy, like, uh, yeah. Like, uh, what is it? It's like a gel mm. wrist pad mm. thing. And the whole thing is on a keyboard tray. It is. I'm I'm big keyboard tray guy. And you'd say to yourself, well, why do you even need a keyboard tray? Because you got the Visa arm. And it's true. I can do it that way. I, I think it's, I find it more comfortable. And also, again, keep stuff off the desk, right? I can slide this right under and it's like there's no keyboard there at all. <laughs> there's something funny to me that you've put the monitor on an arm, but then pulled the monitor away further forward because the keyboards on a keyboard tray so you're further away from the monitor so the monitor yeah. like hovers over way more of the desk than yes it would otherwise if you did it's true on a keyboard tray it's true oh it is really close isn't mm-hmm. it <laughs> i've tried it the other way and i don't think the ergonomics of it work as well for me because i have absolutely tried that where i've yeah. pulled everything off the keyboard pulled the pulled the keyboard tray out entirely put the stuff on the desk um when i do my studio b uh, in in uh, which I don't know how much Stephen knows about that, but you know we're doing some work in the winter, especially in the house. Yeah. Um, the idea there, I, I that desk doesn't have a keyboard tray, so I may actually have a completely different setup there. But when I tried it here, I I found I went back to the keyboard tray because I found it a little more ergonomically pleasant. But um, I'm not sure why. I don't even remember. Maybe I'll try it again sometime. But uh, the advantage of the keyboard tray is that, yeah, there's times like, you know, sometimes I eat lunch at my desk while I'm watching a video or something. It's kind of nice to slide the keyboard in a place where the crumbs won't get on it. So mm. I don't know. Crumb tray. How many sandwiches are you eating at your desk? Uh, I don't know. One a day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're auditing your your lunch break. You need a real lunch break, man. You got to don't eat it. Don't yeah, eat sometimes. Sometimes I'm, I don't. And sometimes I do. Yeah, no, I do, too. Uh. The, the keyboard tray definitely is, I feel like it's a throwback to computer rooms and like computer hutches. They've been talking about this on the Vergecast some, and I've, I've, I've enjoyed it, right? You you had a piece of furniture you bought. and To hide your tower, computer. Yeah, tower went one place, the CRT <laughs> went another place. If it was new enough, you had a bunch of plastic trays that you could put optical discs in, you know, so you could have all those those stored there. And the keyboard tray just feels like a, a hangover from that era. A little bit, I mean... Honestly, the the thing about the keyboard tray is it's adjustable, right? And and so the reason, number one reason, all kidding aside, to quote Casey Liss, um, that the the reason that it's there is because it's ergonomic and it's adjustable, so it can tilt forward and back and raise up and down, and that's the reason. Ultimately, the reason that I have it is that I can um, get it in a position where it is comfortable for me to use it, and the desk just stays flat, right? Um, but this thing actually can have a negative tilt, so it can c- kind of uh, tilt back a little bit so that my um, wrists aren't bent up as much, which is better ergonomically. So some of it is just creating a surface that's not quite um, not quite flat, not quite level, but in, in fact has a little bit of a an incline to it. Um, some people I know take the keyboard tray and actually pop it right up so it's all the way up at the top of the like a desk height. I don't really understand that. 
It feels like you're wearing your, your you know, your pants all the way, <laughs> like pulled way up. It's like, no, no, don't do that. It goes under so you can tuck it under. But regardless, that's part of it is just the ergonomics of it. Having some more control over how the keyboard and the pointing device are uh, positioned so that my, you know, my wrists and my arms don't hurt. Mm-hmm. And the Mac Studio has a bunch of ports on it. Honestly, it's one of the best things about that machine. Do you have any Thunderbolt dock or like USB hub floating around somewhere that you're trying to hide from me? So yes, absolutely. I have a uh, I have a USB A hub underneath Velcro underneath the computer for okay. so so Mac Studio's got a lot of ports on the back, but not enough. Yeah. Not so enough. I have a UPS. Uh, UPS uh, actually does send signals to the Mac uh, so the Mac can uh, know how much battery is left in the UPS and all of that. Yep. Um, I got so backup battery, that right? So uh, that's got to go somewhere. Um, I've got, I actually use my uh, trackpad plugged in because then it never runs out of power. I, because my, I have a wired keyboard, wait. so it doesn't really matter. Wait. Yes. You got a Bluetooth trackpad. Yes, it's plugged in. You can see it right there. See? Oh, you know, I see no, I see the cable. The the and this is auditing Apple. That cable should be color matched, but that's not your fault. Yeah, there is uh, a black one that I might have, but it's this is a gray trackpad. And then of course um, my Touch ID button. Uh, I when I destroyed the keyboard, the battery went with it, so it needs to be connected all the time. So at that point, I've got right. a Stream Deck. I've got all all these little peripherals here, all these input devices. They got to get plugged in somewhere, and there's not enough ports on the back of the Mac Studio. So I have the little USB A uh, hub for some of these miscellaneous items i don't know if this has always been the case but these days if you buy a space go track trackpad they do give you a black cable yeah and i do have i think i have a black lightning cable well i i'm using you can see i have a black lightning cable it's plugged mm-hmm. into the the black uh touch id thing mm-hmm. so i'm color matched over there but the other yeah. one, the white one is not color that's matched. good i apologize to everyone we'll, we'll get you a cable so USB a uh, little little tiny USB-A hub cheap, like I think Amazon USB-A hub. And basically I just forget that it's even there because it's yep. really just there to supply, you know, it supplies data because the trackpad when it's plugged in will go into a USB mode, but you know, really it's, it's not, it's not a lot of data, right? It's just a little cheap hub that uh, saves me some ports so that I can fill the ports on the back of the Mac studio with more important stuff like the, uh, I think the Stream Deck connects directly. The microphone ex- connects directly. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I think having input devices like downstream of that makes sense. I guess that that is one thing that if you weren't living this floating screen lifestyle, you know, you could potentially run some of that off the back of the studio display. Are those ports in use at all? I see a camera up there, but what's going on at the back of the display? Um. Well, I just <laughs> I just touched it and it. And it went out, so that was great. Okay, so we have no display, everyone. Jason, Jason's flying blind. Bye, right everyone. Actually, that's the only c- cable I think that's back there. Is that one? Well, it was okay. there. Not anymore. Was there? <laughs> Popped out now. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's interesting. I use a studio display, and I've never had it 
fall apart just by touching it, probably because it sits. And what what holds my yes. setup together is gravity. It's gravity. It's interesting. <laughs> well, I I, I just uh, you know apparently yanked on the uh, entire display and it pulled right out. So uh, actually, there is a webcam. I have an Opal um, webcam, and yeah. so it's it's plugged in there. But yeah, I don't have. I would have to route in order to keep my desktop clean. I would have to route all the cables all the way back to the back of the desk and then up the arm and all the way to the back of the display. And so those are there for like right now we're recording um, upgrade for uh, our social media video purposes, right? That uh, That is via a lightning connector to my iPhone using camo and that is plugged in. So right now it's plugged in. So I'll use that for like task driven stuff. But otherwise, I, I don't have anything else. Um, actually, when I'm off the beta, I'll I'll have somewhere tucked somewhere. I will have a backup drive. I don't actually have that right now during the beta. Um, but I have a little you know, USB drive somewhere. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going like to like that. We're going to come back to that. I knew he wasn't going <laughs> to like that. But I think it goes underneath. I think I actually have that like hiding right nestled right up against the Mac Studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, down below. I used to have it. It used to live when I had an iMac. I had it. My backup drive lived in the little back of the visa mount structure. <laughs> it just sort of like sat in there. But now, now it uh, it sits right wow. uh, above the Mac Studio. So, uh, and the, and the ports on the front of the Mac Studio, similarly, they they aren't permanently attached to anything. I like to keep that clean. And then if I want to attach something to the front ports uh, to do something, I'll do it. But I don't do it permanently. Okay. I mean, look at all this, and I see the you know the setup of someone who is is very clearly, uh, very in tune with what he wants in terms of accessories and and I guess ergonomics as well. That seems to be pretty high on your priority list, and I I can get behind that. You know, as we as we spend a lot of time at our computers, and as we you know, I'll get a little bit older. It's important that we don't hurt ourselves. So I was wondering if Old was going to. It felt like he was angling around it, but then stopped and then came back to it again. <laughs> and I don't have like uh, stuffed uh, animals on uh, just a just a brain ball. Just a, just a brain ball. I like it the way I like it. And the MacBook Air is sitting there in this picture. Yeah, literally, I just took this picture because I realized I owed you a picture last night. So you are getting yeah. it in in the raw. I have a there's a can of Coke Zero on the desk too in this picture. Oh, so I see that like four inches from the edge of the desk, right above the keyboard that Mike built you with his yep. own. Blood, sweat, and tears. Well, Jason sits so far away from the desk, he's going to put it on the edge. You know what I That's mean? That's true. He can't reach it. <laughs> it's too far away. I want to point out that in this photo on the left, there's a little white uh, plastic box. You see that little white pa- plastic box off to the left of the... Of Don't the you do Oh, yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, what's it? No. Don't do it. If uh, it, it contains a noise that Mike dislikes. <sighs> oh. But I keep it at the ready just in case. Yeah. I think you should give us a little taste. Uh, let's see how I can do this in a way that might protect Mike slightly. Yeah, just the tease. Just a little taste. Just the, just the, just the tease. Yeah. Can you talk about the, the, the backup thing? Are you going to talk about that now? Uh, yeah, I, I saw it in the menu bar that you had an exclamation point on your time machine icon. Uh, is your data not important when you're running the beta? Uh, the the story there is actually that's the local backup that failed um because i copied these enormous files that i did the 360 video of um and then i also had an enormous project with a bunch of upgrade video in it and then i hadn't offloaded that to my external uh server so it was trying to back up 
a local this is one of these things about time machine that I, I i get why it tries to do it but i don't really love it which is like oh you seem to have a package full of two terabytes of data let me back that up to myself and it's like well you yeah. can't you don't have two yeah. terabytes free you can't do that and so i actually just yesterday moved the giant uh final cut projects out it took a while because they're huge to my server so it should be able to do a local backup now going forward because a local backup is like if you're not it allows you to retrieve files from your local drive that are you know a few hours old instead which is very clever but um that part is has died my but backup it, it's also to barely my a server is fine yeah it is it is it is barely backup but um but my my local backup is okay Okay. So, so you do, uh, I'm confused. So you do or don't have like a time machine drive plugged into your computer right now? Right now I don't. I'm backing up to my server over the network using time machine. Usually I don't have a a time machine backup locally. I have a carbon copy cloner, um, bootable ish, you know, for air quotes in the Apple Silicon bootable, (laughs) um, version that, that is runs every day. Um, but it's not running at the moment again because i'm on the beta and i'm actually holding i'm essentially holding my last clone before i went to the beta just in case something terrible happens but uh, normally it will be running uh just during the day an incremental clone so it happens really fast right because it's only doing the files that have changed since the last time and carbon copy cloner actually can use snapshots to do things like let you it it will use extra space on the backup drive to st- store more versions of your clone which is the old way it was always just the latest so if something bad happened and then it ran a clone the bad thing got cloned and now with the with the new file system stuff it can actually have multiple snapshots uh as up until the point where the drive can't fit them anymore so if your latest clone is actually you know capturing the bad thing that happened you can actually go back to a previous version of the clone that doesn't and then pull the files off so i use carbon copy cloner for a local uh like literally local right next to the computer uh, backup of the entire drive plus i am backing up to my server which is in the back of the house in in the old bedroom so that's not as scary as it first looked i was like what what are you sorry to disturb you (laughs) about my backup strategy but it, it's yeah. it's in it's in okay shape right now, and then that server also backs itself up to Backblaze. So there's like many layers to this strategy. Good, yeah, I approve all that. That's that's basically mine. It's Time Machine, it's Carbon Copy Cloner to uh, again a drive that sits on my desk, and then Backblaze gets it off site. Yeah, it was just having that two terabytes of like video files that um, blew up the backup strategy because you don't want to. I, the, the, those can't be backed up easily. So I've, I've now moved them off and they'll get Backblaze backed up instead from the server. This episode is brought to you by FitBod. When you want to change your fitness level, it can be hard to know where to get started. That's why I'm pleased to let you know that FitBod is both an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that's made just for you. Everybody has their own path when it comes to personal fitness. This is why FitBod uses data to make sure they customize things to suit you exactly. They use a powerful algorithm to learn about you, your goals, and your training ability to create a custom dynamic plan based on your experience and any equipment that you have to hand. This is all featured within an app that makes it so easy to learn how to perform each and every exercise. 
You're going to find superior results when a workout program is tailored to your unique body, experience, environment, and goals. When your muscles are working in concert with the entire musculoskeletal system, you're going to see improvements. What you don't want to be doing is overworking muscles and underworking others. This can negatively impact your results, which is why FitBod tracks your muscle fatigue and your muscle recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine. They do this by mixing up your muscle groups, the exercises that you're doing, and the sets, reps, and weight that you're using with them over time to both increase your overall strength and keep your body sharp. This also keeps your gym sessions fresh and fun by mixing up your workouts with new exercises. I find that very valuable with FitBud, that you're not just doing the same like seven exercises every single time. They're keeping it fresh, they're mixing it up, and they make it easy to learn every exercise with their over 1,400 HD video tutorials. Their exercises feature videos shot from multiple angles so you can pick it up just right. You can keep track of your achievements and personal bests with FitBud's progress tracking charts, and you'll also be able to integrate FitBud with your Apple Watch, Wear Aware Smartwatch, and apps you use like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up today at fitbod.me slash upgrade. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash upgrade. That is fitbod.me slash upgrade for 25% off your membership. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. So now let's move on <sighs> to Jason's dock situation. You know, I got to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about the hardware and uh, and I was worried much more about the software. Great. And uh, this is scary. And I, I, I bring bring back nice Steven, but I guess not yet. Okay. <laughs> right off the bat, I'm going to give you points that your dock is on the right side of your display. Now, like on connected, it's, it's always people have to stick together. You got to put it over there like an old old person, right, Stephen? You and me. Yeah, that's all right. I me also have mine there too. Mine's on the right. All right, I'm an See? old man it's too. It's just three old men yeah. talking here. Yeah. But like connected, you don't have to submit feedback to upgrade about why that's incorrect or correct because it's uh, correct and everybody knows it. You don't have to. Tell them <laughs> that's otherwise. right. It's your choice to be right or wrong. We don't. You get to choose. Free it will. Is. I'm just going to rattle off the things you have in your doc because yeah. I find it fascinating. Rattle away. Really how small, how small, like how minimal it is. Mm. So you got Finder, Messages, Safari, BB Edit, MimeStream, Fantastical, Music, Slack, and Discord. Yep. That's all the apps. That's it. And, the, and you got a yeah, couple of folders. It. Dropbox and downloads and the trash. Okay. Can. Yeah. Yeah. Very minimal. Uh, really, uh, uh, you're not using it as a launcher is kind of what I gather. Well, I'm using... So, I use LaunchBar. So, my launcher is LaunchBar. I do use the doc I more for occasionally dragging and dropping like a document onto the app. But a lot of it is just seeing the running processes and being able to bring them to the front. I do that a lot using the doc. So... Usually it's not this spare, right? Because I've got other apps running. Like at the moment, I also have Zoom and Audio Hijack running and I have Photoshop because I just redacted that picture that you were looking at and put it in the chat room. And like, I, I have other stuff in there um, and it's just the, it's the running apps. So, uh, but I don't have a huge collection of permanent uh, apps in the dock because yeah, if I want to run Audio Hijack, I can either do that from Launch Bar or I can um, press a button on the Stream Deck that does automation that automatically launches it. So I, I don't, 
um, I don't use the dock uh, very much to launch apps. These are the apps that basically have to be open. And if they're not open, I can, you know, I, I that's why I put Discord in there. Didn't used to be, but I have a bunch of member Discords that I'm in now. So Discord has joined the party of things that basically need to be open all the time. And if they're not open, I want quick access to get them open. Okay. What is a dock for, right? I mean, that that is a question, right? Like, do I need anything in the dock? Do I even need to see the dock? I like knowing what's running and it lets me, you know, quit things and open things and you know force quit something that's bad and i mean there's stuff you can do from the dock but like the dock i i have ended up only really using it to bring apps to the front like app windows to the front (laughs) that's mostly what it is do you think uh to put you on the you know the put on my psychologist hat for a second Mm -hmm. taking the audit you said you weren't a doctor well uh friendly therapist do you think that your need for a small dock is based on your years of using an 11-inch MacBook Air? Um, it's possible. It's it's possible that that's part of it. If I'm boy, I'm really on the couch now, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back, uh, Doctor. It goes back to my childhood when the Apple II it was very small and and had no dock at all. <laughs> there was a vacation uh, we went on to a lake, oh, and the dock was small. And I remember the, good times with my family. Good times with the small dock. So here, uh, I think I think mostly I don't like having the dock have so many things in it that. They all like get it, it fills up the whole side and they all start to get small and all of that. I don't like that so much. Um, and like I said, with having used Launch Bar for a long time now, like I don't know what 15, 20 years, a long time I've been using Launch Bar. I don't need every app that I might possibly open sitting in my dock. I just don't. I mean, there's an argument to be made that I don't need any apps permanently placed in the dock because if I need to launch an app, I'll just use Launch Bar it becomes more of just a list of currently running apps. Okay. What is your philosophy on uh, badging on the dock? I, I noticed that none of these apps, like messages in MimeStream in particular, might have a badge, uh, but they don't. Do you have them off? Are you just really on top of your inboxes? Off. No badges. We don't need the, no stinking badges. Sorry. No badges. That's an old reference. Yeah, I don't like badges. I don't like badges anywhere. I don't have them on my iPhone or my iPad. I don't have them in my Mac. I'm not interested in badges. Not not. They give me anxiety. I've been getting rid of them. I I don't like it. I have most of my Discords and Slacks are muted. Like no no little dots except for the ones where I have to patrol them. Um, I don't like the little dots. They make me uncomfortable. And I don't want to see them in my dock where the app isn't even uh, visible and it's yelling at me. So actually, I, I will say messages has a badge and that's mostly because i have some group chats that are muted that don't give me alerts Mm. (laughs) every time because you know basically you're in a group chat and then suddenly somebody sends something and there's 18 messages if you have those set to push out notifications into notification center or whatever it is like death so those are muted gotta mute the group but the badge the badge is there so I can I can look and it, it, invariably somebody in Lauren's family will send a message and everybody will respond to it and that's a group chat that I have muted and I will be working away and I'll look at the messages app in the dock and it'll say eighteen and I'll be like oh geez what just happened <laughs> and I'll go over there and I'll check so messages is is an exception to that but that's that's mostly because I don't you know I I want I want to know if somebody's trying to reach me via iMessage and I'm not 
necessarily paying attention to little floating notifications that are coming in when I'm working on my Mac. So that that's a badge I use. I don't think any of the others have a badge. Okay. And not to reopen uh, an old conversation on upgrade, but you also don't have any sort of task manager in your dock. I don't. Yeah, because you're a, a weirdo that puts everything on their calendar. Please right? don't tell me you've gone back to that. No. Okay, good. No. Okay. Um, however, I did see, Stephen, you posted on 512 Pixels. Oh, get ready. When the tables are turned, I see that you've got a reminders item uh, here because you're like, uh, I want to change something about reminders. You live your life, apparently, with things like, I have a to-do to go to Whole Foods at four o'clock today. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very specific. Re- so I got an email about this. There's a very specific reason that Whole Foods is 4 p.m. on Friday. It's after school pickup and our local Whole Foods Friday is like the good day in the butcher shop. So if you, if you want like the freshest stuff, uh, it's on Fridays. I'm with Jason on this. That is a calendar item. Why is it in your mm. reminders? What is wrong with you? Why would you put this <laughs> as a him, reminder? <laughs> Why would you do that? Hey, that is a calendar whoa, item with an alert. I'm this the very guest easy. here, Doesn't sir. Matter. Doesn't, you're not like, no guest of mine. <laughs> what, what are you doing here? What is this? that's madness uh, okay Stephen, mm-hmm. i use uh i have a lot of items in my calendar i do um it, it it including like my MacWorld column i try to set aside time to write it i make that a calendar item because i'm not because it's a to-do that i need to check off but because i want to have a place that says set aside time here to do this particular work um, and I will do that for, you know, individual events, but also sometimes as a recurring thing, like I like to write my Macworld column on Tuesday afternoon at two and I'm going to block off that time. I'm not going to schedule something else. I also use reminders, but I'm mostly using reminders as a place to write down all of my ideas for it's mostly stories I need to write. Occasionally there will be an actual proper to do in there, um, uh, that I want to catch my attention, because I know that if I put it in a separate uh, list, <laughs> I won't see it. So I keep it in the, the list. But generally, it's for story ideas. It's for pieces to write for uh, for the website. Uh, but I do not have a task manager. And that that is, a, and I've never, I have never reliably used a task manager to do anything. Um, yeah, <laughs> let me have it. <laughs> what a statement. I have never relied on a task manager to do anything. What am I yeah. doing here? Who are these yeah. people? Right? Yeah. I'm like the anti uh, uh, every other podcaster, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. What I, happened I to just... your Todoist usage? Oh, I can't remember the last time I opened Todoist. Oh, it's been... Jason. Yeah, I know. That's gone. This isn't what I wanted. All right. We're t- rem- okay. We're sh- podcasting on a podcast. This is the mic and, uh, audit uh, on his co And a calendar. <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay. Okay, fine. Uh, got to move I on. love your choices of third-party apps here. BB Edit, all time, MimeStream, newcomer to the Mac, but absolutely fantastic. Please give it to me on iOS. Yes, please. And uh, Fantastical, another another all-time great. Yeah, it's better, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to reopen the wound, but like, I'm happy to pay for software that is good. And uh, Fantastical, MimeStream, I are superior to um, the defaults. And so I'm happy to pay for them because they work for me. And I'm a Gmail email user, so MimeStream is perfect for me. 
It's made mm-hmm. for me, literally. Yep. So uh, yeah. I am going to take advantage of it. And yes, I would also love it on iOS. The Gmail yes. app on iOS is like, boys, I don't know the last time you used it. It's so bad. You know, you know when I use it? I use it when um, I'm on my iPhone and I need to log into my Google account. And it says, I know you made a two-factor and I know you stored it in one password. Yes. But you know, We're still what I send really want to do is open anyway. Gmail yeah. Yeah. and it's tell you worst. a number or something. I'm like, no, I don't want to open your Gmail. Oh, there we go. Right. Here's, here's my, my most frustrating thing about that, right? I have three Gmail accounts signed into the Gmail app, right? that I use uh-huh. infrequently, but they're there. And I sign them all in so I can have them all in one inbox, right? You get one inbox, three email accounts. Great. I get that notification when I'm signing in to YouTube or whatever. And it's like, oh, we've got to confirm you in the app. When I do that, it unchecks the email accounts randomly, not even consistently. <laughs> randomly. Jeez. It will uncheck them and just check one of them. So then I, every single time I do this, I have to go in to the accounts page and make sure the ones that I want are checked. Sometimes they say fine. Sometimes one of them gets unchecked. Sometimes two of them. You'll find out later on, right? Like, it's just like, it is what it is and I have to check it every single time. Uh, maddening. Really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's switch gears and talk about the menu bar. This is, okay. I think, the the place where people get into the most trouble. Uh, people can see the image. Uh, can you walk us through what these icons are and if any are like hidden by default with something like Bartender? Uh, sure. This is actually, um, yeah, this is with it expanded. So I use Bartender and I love it. Um, what you've got here is left to right Stream Deck, which uh, I like. I like Stream Deck. It puts a thing in the... It's like a it, it's running in the background, so the, if you want to configure it, you kind of got to go to the menu bar item. I don't love that, but it, it, it works fine, and I hide it so I don't have to see it. Then it is oh, what's the, this is the downlink downlink. Down it's Anthony Colangelo's uh, app that uses satellite images um, for your back for your backdrop for your wallpaper, and so I've got a my my backdrop is. Uh, Pacific Coast and Pacific Ocean satellite view. Uh, and it gets updated every 10 minutes or something. It's basically like an almost live view of of the planet. I like it. Um, next is home control, which I don't usually use the UI for, but it has a bunch of automations. So it allows me to do things like press a button on my stream deck and turn on a light or lower my blinds or whatever. Um, and so it lives in the menu bar. Nice little utility. Next one is a UPS battery, actually. Yep, got, I got that going. Literally UPS battery. Uh, it's it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, time machine with an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, it's freaking out in there. We talked about that already. Currently, it is backing up. So uh, I'm looking good. at it now and everything's okay, Stephen. Uh, Spotlight. I don't use Spotlight. Uh, <laughs> it's there. It's present. You can, uh, you can remove it now. At some point, they added the ability to, to totally ditch that icon. Well, I should ditch it then because I don't, I don't want it. Yeah, don't want that's there. my professional advice. Uh, Wi-Fi is hidden. I guess I'm on Wi-Fi here. I don't actually need to be because uh, I'm on Ethernet. So why? Uh, Wi-Fi. I think some handoff stuff requires you to be on. It have does. Wi-Fi at least on. Ha- have it on, but not connected to the local network, which is my yeah, preference. Yeah. Shortcuts? Mm-hmm. I don't actually usually use those, but it does show you when a shortcut is running in the background, which is valuable. It sort of fills in the little 
shortcut rectangles when it's running. Mm-hmm. And if I'm running a long shortcut, it may it gives me a little reassurance that that shortcut is still going, but I don't usually uh, actually run shortcuts from the menu bar. And Dropbox. And that's the end of the hidden items for mm. uh, for my menu bar. Those are hidden. They're all stashed away. Yeah. Bartender hides those. And I don't, yeah. I don't see those. So I go, like, if I want to see, has somebody uploaded a file to Dropbox or something, I will mouse up to the menu bar. Dropbox icon will appear and I'll click on it and look. But I, I don't need to, uh, those, those are not items that I need to see at a glance. I, I just don't. And I believe the shortcuts icon appears in the visible section when it's active, I think. There's some of those menu bar items that do weird stuff where they kind of hop around depending on status. So you can hide them, oh, but yeah. then they pop back in. Like on laptops, you can hide the the battery icon and have it just pop in when you're not plugged in and and do it that way if you want to. So that's that part of the menu bar. It's the, not there. I don't have to see that stuff. That next, it's the it's the widget that I wrote in uh, in Swift Bar. That's my local temperature, and in this case, you caught me where the air quality was not good, and so it's got the extra like AQI number next to it with the little symbol. Um, that's because we've had some wildfire smoke the last couple of days, and so mm, it's just okay. a heads up that the it's not there in my current menu bar. The air is clear right now, but it 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 only appears when the AQI is is bad to tell you, you know, in yeah. in addition to it being 75 degrees, it's the, there's some air quality issues. Which is the only time you really care about it, right? If the air quality exactly. is good, you don't don't ever think about it. I, I, yeah, right. So I don't have it always showing. I only have it showing when it's bad. What's the temperature difference? You have like the up arrow and the four degrees. Is that change over yesterday or? That's change over yesterday because I find that valuable sometimes, especially in the morning because uh, we, we have weird Bay Area weather here, but I find that valuable if it's in the morning and it's like 10 degrees warmer than it was yesterday. I'm like, okay, it's going to be a hot day today. It may not be hot yet, but I know that it's so much warmer than it was at this time yesterday that it's going to be a hot day. Or similarly, that it's it's not going to be as hot as yesterday because it's five degrees down or 10 degrees down or whatever. We Occasionally, we have that those days that are the super hot days here and then the, the, the fog rolls in and that leads to some hilarity where um, the other week, I had a day like that and it was like down 21 degrees from this time yesterday. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. It's, it's summer is over. Right. So, uh, that's what that is, is <laughs> just yet. a little, little widget. Not right. No, it'll here. be back. We've got like a couple, maybe a week more. Who knows? Mike, no one cares about the weather. Oh, yeah. No one cares about the weather. You Besides which I have, I, I probably have like six or eight weeks of, of actual proper summer coming because that's how the bay area does it um next to that there's not a lot Uh, it's fantastical and control center and the clock so pretty minimal Um, although yeah i mean right now i've got more stuff up there because i'm recording an audio hijack and i'm on zoom and those insert themselves in the menu bar when they're running and i'm recording on camo so that's inserted itself so there's a little more up there now but normally when i'm just uh, working at my desk uh this is what you got okay all in all, I, I like where you're at. Uh, I, I know that weather is important to you and the you know, the Bay Area has microclimates or whatever. So I'm, I'm a weather nerd, so I'm hip to that, taking mm-hmm. up a bunch of space. Um, I do I do wonder, you know, I think you could probably get rid of Spotlight on Wi-Fi. Like Wi-Fi is oh, yes. in Control Center. I gave I gave Mike that same that same advice. Yeah, I don't know why the Wi-Fi is there, honestly. I, I'm a little baffled by that, too, because I don't want to see it. You know, I wonder, I, I don't remember, maybe someone knows, but maybe when they added Control Center, like Wi-Fi 
was still graduated outside of it. And so it's just like hung out there forever. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't look at it. Yeah. The only one I would maybe suggest graduating out of bartender is the time machine icon. And not just because, you know, you, you, you had that recent issue, but I at least want to know what the, the state of that disc is doing. Like, am I backed up? Has it been quietly failing in the background? Um, I guess maybe that's a little less important because you're using a desktop and now I'm a laptop as a desktop person. So it feels a little more important to me, but I'm just thinking you got 27 inches of space there. Maybe time machine deserves uh, to be, to be out of the bartender prison. All right. I I'm going to break it out. Okay. Just for you. Good. I appreciate that. Um, I'm very surprised when I saw these images for the first time last night and then talking through them today. uh, I'm very like happily surprised how minimal your setup is. I've got a bajillion more menu bar items than you do. <laughs> I also, I don't expect like Jason would have a bunch, but it's just way smaller than anybody else that I've seen, including me. So yeah. it was just a surprise to see so few mm-hmm. dock items and so few menu bar items. Yeah, 100%. But I'm all trying, in all, I think I'm trying it's to good. keep it simple. I'm just trying minimal. to keep it simple. Jason's I don't want noise in my face if I can avoid it. Mm. Yeah, you're living that that minimal Mac you know, lifestyle. Like, I like guess so. Many people want. I'm just really zen. It's <laughs> I, you know what's really minimal is my task manager. It's super yeah. minimal. Very minimal. Oh, well, how ah. would you know? There could be loads of stuff in there. You just don't open <laughs> yeah, it. It's full know. of stuff. It's the opposite. To do this is very angry with you. Yeah, if you open it, it starts so. screaming, but like, you don't know because you keep it closed. Yeah. And I know that it's out of the scope for today, but generally, just before I go, uh, I would like to know sort of your sort of the relationship between the Mac Studio and the MacBook Air. Do you try to keep them where like the dock is the same on both of them and the menu bar is the same on both of them? Do you let them lead their separate lives? How do you approach that? I wouldn't say I, let's say I don't open up the MacBook Air and like try to compare it and make it match, but they are both um, having the same philosophy applied to them. So they generally do more or less match. Um, okay. you know, Wi-Fi is certainly visible on the MacBook Air, right? And battery, like things that matter on a laptop. Um, and I'm using it in a little bit of a different context, but mostly it's the same stuff. And that's just, uh, well, you know this, living the two computer life, when you do that, there's just nothing more frustrating than going on the second computer and realizing that all this stuff that you rely on on the first computer isn't there, isn't working, doesn't do that. So I try to make it so that it um, is more or less in sync. Um, and if I'm, if I end up having studio B and I have literally two different places that I'm working back and forth, it's going to become even more important that that computer, which will presumably be the MacBook air back there will be more or less doing the same thing as the Mac studio is so that I don't, you know, the, I don't want to be, to be jarring, right? I want to be able to reach for a tool and know that it's there, um, whether or not it's on computer, you know, desktop computer or laptop computer, if I can avoid it. Yeah, that's really been one thing I've enjoyed about going to just a MacBook Pro because I've, I've been a two Mac person my entire independent career and even before that. And it, it is nice, like, okay, I made this change and I just know it's always at my computer because <laughs> I only have yeah. one. Like, there is something uh, nice about that. And I do want to talk as you as you move closer to the Studio B lifestyle, like, you know, how how that works out for you. So maybe we can we can follow up uh, at a later time. Right. 
if Upgradians are hearing this and like, what is all this talk about Studio B? Uh, you should get Upgrade Plus. Go to getupgradeplus.com oh, yeah, and you'll there. get the info over the last two episodes about what Studio mm-hmm. B is. Short version is I'm 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 thinking of setting up a a second desk in the house which has heating uh, for when I'm very cold <laughs> in the winter because there's no heat or insulation out here. So mm-hmm. that's the short version. So I'm thinking about doing that, and I've been detailing it in Upgrade Plus. Yes. Stephen Hackett, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? The most important URL for me right now is stjude.org slash relay. I love that. That's where you can find a picture of Stephen, like he is there. <laughs> yeah, you've had a picture of me there. Yeah. Uh, I write over at Five Phil Pixels, and I host a couple of shows here on Relay each week. Probably the most pertinent one to that, to discussion we've had today, would be uh, Mac Power users. Although this did originate on Connected, so you know, go wild. Yeah. I'm a whole person, Mike. You can't slice me up into my individual podcasts. I can sure as hell try. (laughs) No one can stop me. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Stephen Hackett. Bye, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Ladder. Look, if you're like anything, anything like me, you're going to have a tendency to put some things off until the very last minute. Whether that's going to the DMV, arranging a dental checkup, I have an email from my dentist that I haven't responded to in a few weeks, uh, getting to that next home improvement project that's on your list, you know these kinds of things that I'm talking about. While most of the time it works out, it's fine. The one thing in life that you should not afford to wait on, like you cannot afford to wait on it, you should not wait on it, is setting up term coverage life insurance. You've probably seen life insurance commercials on TV and thought, I'll get it to that later. I don't want to do it right now. But this is not something you should wait on. Choose life insurance through Ladder today. Ladder is 100% digital. No doctor's needles or paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just answer a few questions about your health in a simple application. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and they made Forbes' best life insurance list in 2021. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. And who hasn't got those? Ladder smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're approved instantly. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Plus, you'll get a full refund if you change your mind within the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers of long, proven histories of paying claims. They are rated A and A plus by AM Best. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to get it crossed off your list. So, very simple. Go to ladderlife.com slash upgrade today and you'll, and to see if you're instantly approved. That is L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash upgrade. One last time, ladderlife.com slash upgrade. Our thanks to Ladder for the support of this show at Relay FM. Good to have Steven here. It was great. Um, before, we, before we move on to a very late follow-up. Okay. I wanted to just have uh, little notes for us. Now okay. that Stephen has, uh, Mac Power user Stephen has come and gone. Yep. Um, going to have to have a talk about task managers again at some point. That's going to need to happen. I think so, because you dropped that one on me today. You asked me about Todoist, and I literally was like, did I use Todoist at some point? It's yes. been so long that if you had made me, well, and I, I have a theory here about par- partly about that is that there's Todoist integration in Fantastical, so it just allowed me to have things in my calendar again. That's, uh, but you so, why did you do that? Is that, what, that well, doesn't mean you should right, have done that. Right, why did you do right? that? Okay, so we'll talk about that some more. Yeah. And I also want to talk to you about, about uh, time tracking at some point, similarly, because I'm intrigued by the uh, growth and change in time tracking tools. And that, uh, that might be a thing 
that I might want to try. But you know my philosophy on this. A lot of the reason that I don't do the, this sort of thing, it's that minimal thing again. I guess I'm a minimalist and nope. don't realize it. No, you're not. I've seen your desk. You know? that, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm a minimalist. Okay. Well, I mean, under, but under is very little. Um, also, this is when I was coming home from a trip and all that. Anyway, uh, because what my, my idea is I don't want to spend time using uh, to-do manager or a, or a time tracker because it's just time I'm spending. It's meta time, right? Instead of it being doing the job, it's it's time spent tracking the things that are about the job, which is not doing the job. And I'm very focused on just doing, I'd rather just do the work instead of do the thing, do work on tracking the work. I'd rather just do the work. And I know that there's, you know, there's benefits, but I, I sometimes fail to see them. So it's I think that would be a good subject for... Now, now that there's not anything on our agenda for the next, oh, wait a second, the iPhone's coming out. Do you reckon we're going to find out the event date this week? Yeah. Yeah, probably, right? Because if they're going to bring media in two weeks of I notice. suspect our next episode will be the draft. Yeah, I think you're right. If it's not, then maybe we'll talk about it next time. Otherwise, we'll just have to file that away for later in, in the my fall notes. when things are quiet to do a little sort of Mike and Jason tech uh, organization audit, something like that. Yeah. I, I just, I think that's interesting. By the way, he, he's been around uh, David Sparks way too long because he didn't even comment on the Stream Deck. Right? <laughs> he's like, he's got bigger fish to fry with Stream Decks. He just knows David it's Sparks there. has two yeah. Yeah. XL Stream Decks. Two XL Stream Decks. I know. He's like going to be able to play the piano on the Stream Deck pretty soon. Jason, I actually think he has a third one. Yeah, I think he has the one with the knobs oh, too. God. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he and does have he, the one with the knobs. he also has the pedal, I think. I did. Uh, I'll tell you, I haven't told you this. So I was in Arizona last week. Uh-huh. I brought, so I bought that second Stream Deck. I brought it with me. Oh, good. And it was pretty awesome. I was able to do downstream last week, and I, mm-hmm. it was really nice to just have the same little buttons that I n- normally yeah. do when I'm recording and press the same keys and have it all just be the same. It was really nice to be able to do that. That is really nice. So that was a, that was a good thing. Anyway, there's there's some post, post-Steven post notes. Yeah, there. I like that. It's like a little post-show. Yeah, for everyone. For Steven. For Steven. But he's not here, so that's good. Don't let him, don't no. let him hear it. Mm-mm. Should we do some follow-up? I have one piece of follow-up for you, and I have a rumor, I have a rumor roundup, too. We're not, not going to okay, issue great. all of the, 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 conf- the convention around here. Uh, the Information is reporting that Amazon and Disney are in early talks about a partnership over ESPN. This is a quote from The Information. The tech giant could offer the service through one of its streaming offerings, helping to expand its distribution, while possibly also taking a minority stake in ESPN. Yeah, I don't understand this. Um, like, it's a good partner. I think we said all along, Disney is looking for deep-pocketed partners, whether they're tech giants or leagues. Uh, Amazon has been, has a, they have an NFL deal, right? Like they're interested in sports stuff. What I don't understand is the um, nature of this deal. And I, I only have read the summaries because I do not pay for the information, but it is like Disney doesn't need help streaming. So is it that, that they would maybe Amazon would pay to incorporate ESPN into uh, you know is it just a channel a prime channel yeah that should just be something ESPN wants to do like it doesn't make any sense yeah. another thought I had is what if there's a prime video tier for sports that includes okay. a bunch of stuff yeah and that they would integrate that in so it's basically like giving them some more reach giving ESPN some more reach having Amazon commit to something like that 
or do they roll it into Prime and you can it's also available separately, but they will write a check to Disney for it being in Prime, just in Prime. Uh, is that right? You know, because then Disney's going to lose. If you do that, you're losing charging them presumably more, making more money on the outside versus having it be inside on Prime. But again, the key thing with tech tech companies working with entertainment companies is that the tech companies' priorities are different and their value, how they value things is different. So it's possible that it's more valuable to Amazon uh, to pay ESPN and Disney than it is for ESPN and Disney out there on its own. And that this is a way that, that helps make that transition work. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, they look, Disney wants cash, right? They need cash. They need cash because they want to show investors that they're, um, that they're doing better. And they also are going to have a big bill if they buy out, um, NBC Universal's, um, portion of Hulu. So there's reasons for Bob Iger to be searching for those, strategic partners and maybe that's what this is but I, I would be interested to see what the details of a of a deal like this would be and why they would benefit disney um i don't think they're reporting that like they're going to take espn over the top but it's just on amazon or something i don't think that's what this is saying but that amazon would definitely be a strategic partner that would market and support uh this product maybe separately if that's the case, though, like I assume Apple would do that too. Apple would want to do like a channels thing. Yeah. And do you need to invest in? Do you need to become a minority investor in ESPN in order to be a channels partner for ESPN? I don't. I don't know. Honestly. Maybe that's what they're saying, though. Maybe. Which would be weird, but like it's ESPN and it's Disney, so maybe they just get to set the terms, and this is the terms. Which would be strange, but if you want it, I don't know. Weird. I don't know. Rumor roundup time, Jason Snell. All right, let's do it. Settling up. A little late. Yeah, it's a little late in the show, but we're all over the place today. It's fun. It's summer of fun. It's you true. know what I mean? Summer of fun. That's it. 9to5Mac is reporting via their own sources that there could be a delay on the Pro Max slash Ultra, whatever they call it, phone this year of at least three to four weeks from the, all the other models due to an issue providing the new camera sensors in the volume that's needed mm. from Sony. That would not be unprecedented Correct. to have them do that thing where they're like, oh, and the iPhone 15 is available in two weeks and the iPhone 15 Pro will be available next month or later this fall or something like that. Yeah. They've done that before, but, you know, don't get, I guess, don't get your hopes up. And also I read this and I think, oh man, <laughs> just being totally self-centered for a moment. Uh -huh. It's like, Oh man, it means I got to do two separate iPhone reviews two now. <laughs> like, oh, so no. this is the thing, like even though it adds <laughs> frustration and complication for for everybody, including Apple, and but like at the same time, I bet it's they also kind of like when there's two embargoes. It's rolling thunder. I yeah. I absolutely agree. I think that there is. I mean, I'm sure they'd want it out sooner just to sell it sooner. Yeah, but there is absolutely benefit in you got an announcement. Then you got a wave of reviews of part A, and then later you got a wave of reviews of part B. It's like, oh, that phone was announced a month ago. Well, here's a reminder. Now here is the the version of shipping, right? Like there there are you can make lemonade out of those lemons, I guess yep. is what I'm saying. And Jason, the colors are giveth, the colors are taketh away. So no. images have been swirling online of colorful braided USB C to lightning cables that could be color matched and included with the iPhone 15. So mm. there are a bunch of colors here 
um, that are being they're being shared from people who have had access to them. I'm intrigued about these, but I'm also kind of wondering like, are these just the iMac colors from like the trackpads and stuff? But I'm I'm not entirely sure. People are saying that they're longer and relating to uh, the iPhone. This is right. going along with every rumor website that I'm subscribed to is like reporting like three app stories a day on colors right now. Um, which is great for the colors are, I suppose. Uh, there I are suppose. rumors swirling about the iPhone 15 lineup of colors. So there'll be black and white, and there may also be some combination of yellow, blue, green, and potentially the return of coral. I've also seen purple noted. So there are lots of options. Nobody really knows what they are. The big story for me, though, I think, is an absolute heartbreak rumor that suggests that the Pro phones will come in silver, space black, Dark blue and Titan gray. Getting rid of gold, Jason. What are they doing over there? I need to have a meeting with the Colorzar. Colorzar, you mm. see me in my office in the morning. Terrible. Wow. What are they doing? They, what, they're going to have silver, which will be gray, and then they're adding gray? I don't know, man. I don't know about this. I feel for you, but also doesn't it sound absolutely modern Apple that they would do an iPhone Pro in four colors, three of which are essentially not a color? No, I mean, 100%. Like, they're going to have four right? colors. One of them is a color. Let me let me tell you what our colors are. Uh, colors are. Uh, it, well, we have a silver. Which is then, white, and basically. Then right, it's always been white. Right. Yeah, okay. And then and then right below that, there'll be a, a, a gray, which is sort of a darker silver. And then there's a, a black, which is sort of a darker gray. And then we... But don't worry. Don't worry. We have another color for you. It's it's a dark navy blue. <laughs> it's barely So blue. dark... That it, that it looks like the black one, but if you put it in a very bright light and tilt it at an angle, you can sort of tell that it's blue. Mm. And those are our new colors. Get excited. <sighs> Frustrated about it, but what I'll get to do, though, which is what I did now and I like to do it, is if I go Ultra and they have Titan Gray, which will probably be similar to the Ultra, I can maybe still have a matching watch and phone and they'll just be yeah. titanium color, which is less exciting. But. What I'm excited about is is the prospect that they might bring back Coral because that was my favorite 10R phone so color. It's such a good it's color. It's really great. It's like yeah. a bright orangey. Um, it's, pinky, it's orange, pinky color, orange. Beautiful. It's great. I uh, mm-hmm. love that, uh, Coral 10R. So that would be a, a cool phone to have. And the sheriff of Rumerville, mm-hmm. Mark Gurman is reporting on Apple's plan to overhaul the iPad pro next year. So Mark is saying this is planned to be the first major change of the iPad since the 2018 model was introduced is when they did that new design and they've iterated on it since and this would be the big overhaul. Um, And it will feature an M3 chip, an OLED display, and there will be 11 and 13-inch models. So maybe finally they're just going to call it the 13-inch iPad rather than the 12.9-inch iPad. And a revamped Magic Keyboard, quote, the new accessory makes the iPad Pro look even more like a laptop than the current setup and adds a larger trackpad. Are they going to They're gonna get rid of the cantilever, right? How? I don't know. How? That's, that's the question, right? So the beauty of Apple's accessories is that they make the iPad, right? This is the, this is, I think don't, people don't talk about this enough, but like, all other accessory makers must adapt to whatever the iPad hardware is. Mm-hmm. Apple, if it has an idea for an accessory, it can make the iPad so that it works with that accessory, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of the design. Up front is, this is what we want. 
over here. So we're going to make this little thing over here so that they work together. But my question about getting rid of or redesigning the the keyboard to be more like a laptop is weight, right? The reason that it's a cantilever is because they need to push the weight of the iPad forward so the whole thing doesn't tip over backward. How do you make something look like a laptop but have it not have the cantilever, right? Like, uh, how do you, because that's that's what looks like a laptop is, but like, what what is that? My fear is that the answer is a kickstand. And kickstands are terrible. <laughs> well, here's what so that's I say. my fear. That's bridge, my fear. Bridge made it work, right? Bridge made it work, and what they did was they had a weighted keyboard, and then mm-hmm. they had like a like clips clips that clipped around the iPad. So that would be how you'd have to do it. And clearly, Apple does not mind about weight because, like, part of the way the Magic Keyboard Folio thing, what Magic Keyboard works, is that it's heavier, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you you could do it like Bridge, where you have something essentially like the Bridge thing, where it's it's got enough weight in the front of the keyboard that it's going to um, keep it from tipping over backward, and you would create a more elegant connector than the you know clips that Bridge put on its keyboard, so that you could just kind of shove an iPad into the clips and it would work. But you're right. In terms of physics, it absolutely did work, and you could use it as a laptop that way. You just had to have a heavy case. And I, I, Apple is, you're right, not afraid of having a heavy case. Like, that's not the point. The point is that the iPad is going to be on the light side, mm-hmm. and then the, the case it can be as heavy as it needs to be. I would be disappointed, personally, if they got rid of the cantilever for a kickstand for realistically just to make the trackpad bigger like that would Huge be regression. disappointing yeah. to me terrible trade-off so i don't think they're gonna do it what i'll say is nobody expected the cantilever design so i'm right. still gonna leave the ball in their court for like there's a thing i haven't even imagined that's where that is realistically where i am sitting on this rumor right. of like they're gonna do something that makes it like that you actually have more space on the keyboard section right so like less of it is unused and it's some kind of design that i've i've not seen before it could be as simple as that it's a still a magnetic attach but it's further back it's basically not cantilevered and what they've done is they've just made the the other part of the the keyboard case thicker and heavier mm-hmm. right that that could be it which mm-hmm. it, it would be instead of using clips or anything like that it's still using a magnet uh to hold it and it's still got the connection between them if you did that there's some interesting options you could do too right you could make that keyboard have a battery in it so that you could actually say when your iPad is in this uh, keyboard case, it has 24 hour battery life or something like that. Yeah. Right? They could do that if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, maybe they're going to put a vase arm on it, you know, just so you almost, I mean, just, yeah, just go wherever you want <laughs> and then uh, just screw it, screw it onto whatever surface is nearby easy. and it's floating right in front of you. Easy peasy. I, I have, a, I have a magnetic arm with a va- with a vase amount. Mm. Well, it's not a vase amount. I have a magnetic arm for an iPad with a little thing that you screw into a, a clamp the, yeah. into a surface so that it can float above anything. It's awesome, actually. Lovely. Yeah. And then you can put whatever you want below it. It doesn't matter. All right. Let's finish out today's episode with some Ask Upgrade questions. 
Sriram Sriram asks Sriram Sriram asks why are so many developers no longer submitting the latest updates to their macOS apps via the Mac App Store and going directly instead? One example being One Password. Their version eight was distributed directly and only from their website. Because they can, and then they have complete control over the whole thing, and they don't have to go through Apple's approvals, and they don't have to follow Apple's rules, and it uh, it's amazing the that there are it's it, yeah it it's amazing that there are apps in the Mac App Store, quite frankly. Yeah. And if you've got a big brand and you don't need to be like relying on the presence, like the reason you go in the Mac App Store is because there's some people theoretically who use the Mac App Store to search for software because they're so trained from iOS to use the App Store to search for software. And if you can find them there, uh, that so that's like number well, one. I, I think also it's like if you don't want to deal with, and there are many developers like this, you do not want to deal with the payment stuff. You do not want to yeah, deal that's with number whatever. Two. Yeah, that's number two. John Syracuse could set up his own payment system for his little apps, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to put them in the Mac App Store, right? They get approved. Apple handles the transactions. So th- those are reasons to do it. But if you're an established brand, uh, like there it's just pain to be in the mac app store and you don't need you're, n- you're probably not getting much benefit out of it mm-hmm. so that's why that's the answer and um apple has at times tried to make it easier to be in the mac app store um for developers i think that it will always be this way unless apple went to the the point of like what didn't microsoft at some point essentially turn their app store into a optionally just being a catalog yeah. where you could be in the store and 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 you could be in the store and I think you could buy things through the store, but for some stuff, you could literally just, you find the app and then you click and go to the website mm-hmm. where you'd buy the app. And, mm-hmm. and the, they just said, it's a catalog now, essentially. I don't think Apple will ever do that. So we're going to end up with it being kind of bif- bifurcated like it is. I mean, we can talk to this a little bit when it comes to like Apple podcast subscriptions, right? But like, we don't do right. that for this show and you don't do it for the incomparable. Nope. And it, part of it is because one, we had an existing business of subscriptions that lasted before. So that was one. Two, right. like the Apple podcast is not our largest audience base. It's exactly. large, but not largest. It's not dominant. As a lot of mainstream shows would maybe be dominant or I don't know, maybe it's changing with Spotify these days. In some cases, it's becoming closer. Um, they don't allow for us to um, have all of the features we would want. Yeah, it's a podcast-only subscription. Yeah, uh, so we can't no we can't Discord, offer Discord no or whatever. Like, like it's, you can't do it. You just get the podcast. So there's lots of reasons that they've we, made it we look better at it and better over time. Sense. Like there they used have. to be more things. Like it used to be that you'd have to go to their system and update, and they now mm-hmm. change that. Uh, they also recently added in a bunch of new uh, services to do that. I think it's called like direct delivery, delegated delivery is the term that they use. Mm. Like a lot of it is getting better. And they're also like, I just saw this thing recently where they have this new like statistics interface, which was really nice. But the biggest thing for me, which I think is for a lot of other people, which is realistically our audience, we have built it and it's our audience. And if we're going to ask people to pay us, I would like 100% of that money, not 70% of that money because we've done the work. Yeah, exactly. And that we and those that's our audience and not Apple's, right? Yeah. We're not the goal of being like, well, yeah, you're paying, but you're really paying Apple and then Apple's paying us and then you're one of the billion subscriptions that Apple can report on its quarterly results, but mm-hmm. that like and I know that developers feel that way. To bring it back to the Mac App Store, I know that developers feel that way too. That they 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 actually 
prefer to be in direct contact with their customers and not have Apple as an intermediary, which is what happens in the App Store. Mm -hmm. But this is like one of these things where like uh, indie developers are maybe different to more mainstream developers in the same way that indie podcasters, if you call this this, like small to medium-sized podcasters, are different to large podcasts. Yeah. Right? So I think it's a similar kind of overlap that there are certain types of apps where like, They've got their audience their own way and they want to keep it that way. Oh, and they're also willing to do the work. Like we're willing to do the work. It's work, um, but we're willing to do it. And great, you know. Mm-hmm. Arjan asks, how do I correctly pronounce the name of the new macOS? Sonoma. Okay. Is that like the way you're saying like phonetically? Is it like S-A-N-O-M-A? Uh, I mean, that's how I say it. Sonoma, not Sonoma. Sonoma. It's it's, it's softer. It's uh, Sonoma. It's not Sonoma. 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 Like Panama. Sonoma. (laughs) So nailed it. Sonoma. 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 Not so. Not Sonoma. I mean, I guess you could say Sonoma if you overpronounce it, but uh, we don't overpronounce it here in California. We say Sonoma. It's like if something's like. Sonoma. It's like it's so no Sonoma. Sonoma. Think about like if it was in Klingon, it would be S apostrophe N O M A. That doesn't help me. Maybe it helps Arjan. I don't know. Uh, Robert asks: As Apple works to eliminate the iPhone and iPad bezels, at what point will this impact or prevent case makers from making cases that snap on? Is it a riddle? (laughs) I don't. I don't know. I mean, Mm. I think that. Apple is aware that people want cases and Apple makes cases. Correct. But Apple, at some point, if it eliminates a class of cases, like uh, like things that snap on that are actually like gripping on the, on the, around to the front. And if that obscures the front, they will have to just adapt to whatever, um, whatever Apple, Apple will have a solution, right? Because they design the hardware and Let the accessories tell you, together. Jason, I know what it's going to be. Magnets. Magnets. How do the they case, work? The case will just be connected with magnets and it won't yeah. cover the front of the screen anymore. It will just like you'll put your phone in and it will just go around the sides and it will it won't actually go around the the, the edge of the screen. And case makers that don't want to make their phones their cases that way, well I'm sorry, there'll be no more cases for you. Like Yeah, because Apple decides. But yeah, the, and the case industry will just follow what Apple does the same way as they do every single time, right? Like Apple introduces MagSafe. Now all the cases have magnets in them, right? Because like that's what you need to do. By the way, I've said this before. I'll say it again. That seems like the worst industry to be in, phone cases. Yeah. Like the absolute, like, you know, me and Gray, we're like making our products, right? And we're wondering what other things could we make in the future? We have like a an agreement between each other. We will never get into phone cases because it just seems yeah. like Don't do it. the worst business to be in. Yeah, and you have to churn it every year, too, on top of everything else, right? And it's dog-eat-dog out there. And or be ready to. Like, you don't even know if you need to churn it every year, right? Like, it's... I don't understand how case companies make money because it just seems like such an impossibly difficult business to manage. Yeah, they make it with it's with great difficulty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think is the answer. It it's is not a, not a great business to be in. Nightmare. Like all of nightmare. these people, Tim yeah. Cook would probably appreciate them. You know what I mean, right? Like I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like Tim Cook would have some kind of empathy for companies making phone cases because like they also have to be logistically nimble. Yeah. 
If you would like to send in a question of your own for us to answer in a future episode, just go to upgradefeedback.com and you can send in your own Ask Upgrade question. Before I wrap up today, I want to remind you again, go to stjude.org slash relay. We are raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital throughout all of September. We're going to be, you're going to be hearing about it a lot on all of our shows. Please go and donate at stjude.org slash relay. It will mean a lot to us and it will mean a lot to fighting childhood cancer. If you would like to send us your feedback, follow-up, and questions for future episodes, go to UpgradeFeedback.com. As Jason mentioned, we might be drafting next week. So if mm. Apple invites go out this week, you see that on your social networks and your RSS feeds, then you can rest assured that next Monday's episode will be the September event draft, and that will be the final episode of the Summer of Fun this year. Yeah, I think I think... It almost certainly has to be, whether the invites go out or not, I think we're going to have to assume that the draft is next week, right? Because it seems unlikely that it, that the, an Apple event would be later than two weeks from now. Who could know? We'll find out. Who could know? We'll find out. We will. Mm. You can check out Jason's work over at sixcolors.com. You can hear his shows over at theincomparable.com and here on Relay FM. You can listen to my podcast here on Relay FM and check out my work at cortexbrand.com. We're both on Mastodon. Jason is at jsnell on zeppelin.flights. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on mike.social. The show is on Mastodon as well. We are upgrade at relayfm.social. You can watch video clips of the show there and also on TikTok and Instagram where we are at upgrade relay. Uh, we're also on threads. I'm imike. Jason is jsnell. Thank you to our members who support us of Upgrade Plus. Thank you to our sponsors for supporting us this week. That is Ladder and Fitbod. Thank you to Stephen Hackett for lending his time on this week's episode. And most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Goodbye, everybody. Mm.